Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, a.k.a. The Word Church. And we continue to talk about the keys to the kingdom. And the key we want to talk to today is giving. And there's a lot of aspects of giving. There's the giving of our time, the giving of our energy, the giving of our finances. There are a lot of, lot of aspects to giving. And we're looking at Malachi, at least I want to start off by looking at Malachi. And Malachi is one of those interesting books where people think that God is willing to take whatever we want to give him. So if we have some leftover time, we'll give it to God and, oh, he'll just be so happy to see us, so happy that we gave him anything that he'll accept it. And if we have some leftover money, then maybe, yeah, we'll give that too. And and he, he'll be so happy that we gave anything that he'll just accept whatever it was that we were going to to give him. And there's a lot of times in our life, I think, as Christians, where we think that's how God is, that he is just willing to accept whatever it is that we want to give him, and he's just so happy that we're willing to do anything that he just feels great that we were able to do anything. And so we, as you look at Malachi in chapter 1, I want to look at what was happening is they were bringing blemished sacrifices. The sacrifices were supposed to be unblemished. And what they were doing was that they were bringing defiled food to his altar. They were bringing defiled animals. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 7, you placed food on my altar, but you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? And so the answer to that is obviously no. But yet for some reason, they thought that they could bring God the leftovers. And unfortunately, that has not changed a lot today. Do we bring animal sacrifices to our church? No. Do we bring food offerings to our church? No. What he's talking about here is Paul says that we're to present ourselves as living sacrifices before the Lord. And when we give God our leftover time, you know, we we spend hours watching television, then we spend hours gardening or sewing or whatever it is that we like to do. Maybe it's bowling or playing softball. None of those things are evil in and of themselves. But when all those things take up all of our day and we get to the end of our day and we've got 30 seconds left for God just before we fall asleep, we're giving him our leftovers. When all of our energy goes to all kinds of different things and we don't have any leftover for God, 
we are giving him our leftovers. And when we spend all of our money on whatever we want, and then we might have a little bit left and we give that to God in the offering or tithes, is that acceptable to him? Is is that giving him leftover? Is that giving him what amounts to a blind sacrifice or a blemished sacrifice? And I think that we probably, all of us, need to study ourselves and look into our own hearts and ask ourselves, am I giving God the leftovers? Am I giving God a blemished sacrifice? Am I, or am I giving him the best? See, what they did was they looked and they said, you know what, this, this lamb here, he's perfect, and I could sell him for a lot. And this lamb over here, he's, he's blind and crippled, and, and he's not worth anything. I'll give that one to God, and I'll sell the other one, and I can make some money. God is not pleased by that. I don't have anything to do today, you know. Uh, I did all my good stuff already. I guess I got a couple hours. I'll go to a church service today. And I done my duty. You know what God says about that? He says, I would just as soon somebody would lock the door and you never come back. If your heart is not really truly worshiping me, if your heart is not in it, if you're just doing it because of duty, you're just doing it because of show, you're just doing it because of habit, and your heart really isn't truly worshiping, he says, I would just assume somebody locked the door and you never came back. Boy, that's hard talk because we think that if we show up at church, and maybe we didn't want to, our parents made us, maybe we didn't want to, our wife expects us to, maybe we didn't want to because, but we always do it so we will again anyway. And we think, well, God will accept that. You know what? God knows our heart. He knows why we're there. If we're not there really truly worshiping him, if the whole time we're singing some song about loving God, we're thinking about, man, I can't wait till this is over so I can go home and watch football. I can't wait till this is over so we can get over to the restaurant and beat the crowd. I can't wait till this is over so I can go do something fun. God is not finding that pleasing. He is not finding that an acceptable sacrifice. He is not finding that acceptable worship. Mm-hmm. He wants our hearts to be in it. Amen. And as you was just saying that, just so much is just going through my mind from my heart concerning giving. And, and I just want to back up a little bit. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And, and we understand that all of us who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that, that promise was given to us. But then he said over there in uh, Matthew 16, 19, and I give you the keys to the kingdom. And, and again, we understand those keys to be the commands of God that have a promise, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. He says, I'm going to give you these keys so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. But now you have to apply the keys or use the keys in your life. And we mentioned that first one again, which is faith. And now we're on number four, the fourth key, which is uh, giving. And, and, and every time I think about giving, there's so much we could talk about it in giving. But yeah, I, we'll re- probably spend more than one day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm reminded of uh, John 3.16 and a very familiar scripture. For God so loved the world, he gave. And I'm going to conclude. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave a promise with that. Just believe in him. I'm going to give my son free, and all you have to do is receive him, and you will not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. And that's perishing in more than one way. Perish just 
in your daily life perish by going to hell, but you'll have the God kind of life. You'll have what I have if you just receive well, what see, it, receive the gift that I'm given. And we were talking off the air, and you, and you said, you know, notice that he said God so loved he gave. It wasn't God so loved he kept. Yeah, God he held so loved back. he hoarded. Right, he didn't hoard, he didn't hold back, he gave. So now, remember, yesterday we talked about in Ephesians, be imitators of God. Well, God so love. See, love compels you to give. And remember, God is love, and we're imitators of him because we're in the family now. So we now take on the characteristics of Abba Father, God. So if God so loved the world he gave, shouldn't we be imitators of God? It, it instructs us that in Ephesians, be imitators of God. So, again, if we want to have that successful and live that abundant life that Jesus promised us, Jesus is the living word of God. We have to do the commands. The scripture says, don't just be hearers of the word only, but be doers. And over in Joshua, he said, this book of the law, which is the word of God, should not depart from you, but you should med meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that's written in it. And then you will have good success. You would have a good success. Yeah. You will make your way prosperous and have good success. So he, he put it back in your court. He said, just do this, do do it my way, the kingdom way, and, and it'll work out for you. Don't mean you're not going to have difficulties because Jesus said in this life, this world, you will have trials and tribulations. But he said too, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Then it says over in 1 John, this is the victory that's overcome the world. Again, our faith, our faith in God. Faith in God is having faith in his word. So if God says, over in Corinthians, he loves a cheerful giver, and he's a giver, and be imitators of him. We ought to just get in line with what God says and, and just get the benefits. Well, you know, giving has so many different aspects to it. Most people, when they hear giving, and they, and they said, oh, boy, they're talking about giving. They're going to be talking about giving money. They're going to be talking about we need to give money to them or we need to give money to somebody. There's so many aspects of giving, and I love that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. We're told that a man reaps what he sows. So if we give love, we're going to usually get love. If we give peace, we're going to get peace. If we give compassion, we are going to get compassion. If we give friendship, we will receive friendship. People get confused a lot about what it means to give and what it means to reap and to sow, you'll talk to people and they'll say, you know, not one person, I had a person tell me this probably about a year, not one person from the church called me this past week. I was very disappointed. And I said, how many did you call? Well, nobody. I said, your phone only receives calls. It doesn't send them <laughs> out. Because some reason, sometimes we think that we should only get but it's as we give that we get back. It's as you give friendship, you get friendship. As you give compassion to others, you get compassion. If you give mean and honry, you know what you're probably going to get back from people is mean and honry. And so it's as we give these things, then we begin to receive them, even, not even just as strictly speaking spiritually from God, as we receive these things from other people. When you're kind, you give kindness to people, most of the time you're going to receive kindness back from people. And so this giving and this sowing and reaping, 
go into every aspect of our life just on a daily basis. Well, I just want to say when I hear uh, comments like that, I'm reminded Jesus says, come learn of me. And then there's another verse of scripture. He says, for you have not so learned Christ. So again, as we start applying the commands of God, again, commands with a promise. And as we start being doers and not just hearers, as we start meditating on the word of God, because the Bible says, receive with meekness, the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. God's word well, as you start feeding on it, again, that's what this broadcast is about, faith on fire. We want to feed your faith with the word of God, which will in turn ignite it. So God says, uh, I was like, oh, I just kind of lost my thought right there. But, oh, the word of God is designed to transform what you believe. So as you start feeding on the word of God it and meditating on it, it'll transform what you believe. Hence why the scripture says in Romans 12, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And somebody with a renewed mind will understand the principles and that you're not who you used to be. You're a new creation. So I shouldn't expect people just to call me or give me. I should understand that God so loved the world he gave. So I need to give out something. I can't continue in that same way I used to be operating out of that sin nature. I'm operating out of the flesh, operating out of the senses. I got to now operate out of spirit, and the spirit is God's word. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. So I got to start applying the word and speaking the word and doing the word. So if I got an issue with somebody not calling me, well, like you just said, does your phone work only one way? So you have to, whatever you, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you want people to call you, maybe you ought to start calling somebody. Again, let the word work in your life. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So just do the word and, and you'll get the results of the word. If you ain't got nobody calling you again, start calling people and you start encouraging people. You start building people up and you'll get those calls. Somebody just uh, posted on my Facebook page uh, the other day and I, and I asked her, can I share it? Share it. She put it in a message. She said, Vince, and she lives on the coast of California. She said, Vince, I can't wait to come to one of your church services because you are so inspiring. Well, and she's never been to one of our church services, but she reads my post on Facebook. So, and, and that was good to hear. So that means I'm even impacting her through Facebook and she lives hundreds of miles away from us, but I'm giving of myself. I take the time out to post stuff on Facebook. So, and she's receiving it. And so hopefully she, you know, and she shares that too. But we have to, you know, we have to just let the word of Christ dwell in us. And, and if the scripture talks about giving, go ahead and do that. And like you said, it's not just the money, it's of time. It, it's There's so many aspects of giving. And as we go through this week, we're going to cover a lot of those. You know, and, and you talk about time. Time is one of the hardest things for people. Um, to give. I was, I was having a discussion with my father-in-law a few months ago, and he was talking about changing the oil in your car. And he said, you need, you could change your own oil. And I was going down to have a change. He said, you could change your own oil. And I said, I don't have time to change my own oil. He said, yeah, but you could save the money. I said, you know what? Time is more valuable to me than that money. Because time is that one thing that we don't have a whole lot of. Can't get it back. Right. I mean, we only have so much and you can't get it back. And so time is really valuable. And so how a person spends their time really talks a lot about what they value in their life. If you spend a lot of times with your children, 
that means you have a lot of value on your children. If you spend a lot of time with God, that means you place a lot of value on your relationship with God. If you spend a lot of time watching TV, you're saying something about where you place your value too. But t- television is a very interesting concept to me because no matter what the show is, basically we're watching somebody else do something. And and if you think about it philosophically in that sense, I'm spending my life watching somebody else do their life. Right. And when you think about it, it's kind of weird actually that but how we spend our time and and we do spend it, we give it to certain activities really talks a lot about what we think is important in life. Well, I got to say something about television cuz I got a revelation on that and I always tell people that's what television means. Somebody else telling you their vision. So you need to get into the word of God and let God give you a vision of who you are and what you have and what you can do. Again, we we're watching a lot of tell a vision about somebody else that could care less about you. You know, and I always encourage people to watch some Christian television. There's TBN, there's the word network, there's the, the church channel, there's you need the word of God. You need to feed yourself on the word of God. And most of those people, I go to their houses and I see them at Sunday service. But I go to their houses during the week, man, they ain't got no word coming in them. They got all this garbage coming in. And whatsoever man sows, that shall you. So if you're sowing the word of God in you, you're going to reap the benefits of the word of God. If you're sowing all that other television crap into you, that's what you're going to have faith for. Well, people will say, you know, Pastor, I just don't have time to read the Bible like you do. And yet, you know, they're, they're watching six hours of television Right, today. that's why they don't have time to read it. <laughs> right. And so it's not a question necessarily maybe of you didn't have time. It's you chose to use your time. And this gets back to this blemish sacrifice business. Right. If, I, if the time I have left over after I've watched and done what I want to do is the time that I'm going to give God, am I giving God a blemish sacrifice? Is God going to be pleased with that sacrifice? And so look at how you give your time and look at what you're giving your time to. How are you spending that time? We all have 24 hours in a day and yet some people spend it completely different than others. They give of their time completely different than others. If you quit watching TV six hours a day, You'd actually have 25% more time to do your own life. Yeah. And the Bible says this. God says in his word in Matthew 6, Jesus actually said it. He says, seek ye first the things of God. Yeah, yeah, the television. Seek ye first the Kardashians. So basically he's saying, seek first the things of God, and then all other things will be added to you. So, again, I always encourage believers the first thing you should do when you get in the mor- up in the morning is acknowledge God. Just say, good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus. And I always make this declaration. Father God, this is the day that you have made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because it- it's his day. It's his- He's the his- it's his story. So you have to, that's a- just another form of giving him the first part of your day. And-, and read a verse of scripture. You don't have to read a whole chapter. Read a couple paragraphs. You're giving him the first part of your day. God loves a. The Bible says He loves a cheerful giver. So and He's a jealous God. So we and have that cheerful giving isn't just the money. No, no, no. That cheerful giving, giving your is your time yeah. and effort and energy, yeah. all those things. Right, right. Giving of yourself, and because God so loved the world, again, He gave, and He tells us imitate Him. So 
We want to encourage people and to ignite your faith on, on just being a giver. That's one of the keys of the kingdom. And if you use that key often, <laughs> and you'll, you'll, and practice makes perfect. The Bible says that we should start practicing righteousness. And that's a righteous key we can use. Is well, the turn key that of giving. television off a half hour sooner. Yeah, that's start, it. Start simple. You don't got to start big. <laughs> don't it's go simple. cold turkey. Read read a verse a day. You know, start early in the morning. Turn it off a half hour sooner than mm-hmm. you have before, and and spend some time in the Word or in prayer. And then maybe the next time, turn it off a half. And a very important thing, and you kind of touched on it, is what's the first thing you put into your head in the morning? Most people I know about the first thing they do is either turn on the TV or they pick up the newspaper. If you want to be depressed. Pick right. up the newspaper and read the top story the on the top <laughs> fold of the newspaper. It will, I can almost guarantee you, 99.9% of the time, it's bad news. <laughs> it's not good news. It's going to be some car wreck, some plane crash, some bombing, some shooting, some stabbing, some bad thing is what they're going to be talking about. So you wake up in the morning and the first thought, that you really apply is negative and it just sets the tone for the whole day. If we're not careful, I would suggest to people rather than read the front page of the paper or watch the news on television, the first thing you should do is read the word. Even if it's only a few verses or a few minutes, it will set the tone for the day of something positive. Okay. Well, Richard, there's like three places in the Bible that I'm reminded of. This is the just shall live by faith. And live by faith means to live by the word of God. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. So as you're living by faith, a lot of people got this faith thing messed up. Faith means acting on the word of God, trusting in the word of God, having confidence in it. And if God's word says be a giver and you're not doing that as a believer, you're not in faith. So don't deceive yourself. And the Bible says he who's a hearer only and not a doer, he's a de- he's deceiving himself. He's like a man who looks in the mirror goes away and forgets what he looks like. You ever did that, looked in the mirror and turned around and forgot? No, you know what you look like after you left the mirror. So he says, don't be like the man that looks in the mirror and then remembers, remember who you are. A friend of ours wrote a book here in town, Ken Wenton, remember who you are. Go get the book. It's a great book. But anyway, we have to remember who we are. So having faith in God is doing what he said. You can't say, I got faith in God, and you don't do none of the things he said. You're, you're, no, you're deceiving yourself. So God says he loves a cheerful giver. Okay, God, you love a cheerful giver? I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be who you told me to be. And yes, my flesh, my mind is not going to want to agree with that, but my spirit loves it. Our spirit loves to be obedient to the word of God. That's why our mind has to be renewed. The spirit says yes. Remember, the spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. It's weak. That's why it's got to be transformed. Yeah, by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, so we have to just do the word and, and get the benefits of the word. You know, you talk about being a cheerful giver. I'm reminded of a uh, Andy Griffith episode. You're a little younger than me, so you might not have seen it. Opie, Come on, I've seen it, all the episodes. Go ahead. <laughs> Opie had given a penny in his offering. At I remember Sunday that episode. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just love that one. And Andy had given him a quarter, and he wants to know why he didn't give the quarter and why did he give the penny. And he says... Because they said that God loves a cheerful giver, and I knew that I could be more cheerful Whoa. giving the penny than I could the quarter. Uh-huh. And you know what? That kind of makes a little bit of sense. I'm convinced, to be honest, I have a doubt that God would rather have your penny cheerfully given right. than to have your quarter grudgingly given. Right, where you said, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to, but I'll mm-hmm. give it to him. 
Mm-hmm. And so th- this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where God tells them, you know what? I just assumed somebody locked the door to the temple, just locked the temple up. Because if we're going there, if we're going to church grudgingly, oh man, I don't really want to go, but oh, I guess I will. Or I don't really want to go, but you know, my wife likes to go. Oh, I don't really want to go, but my husband wants to go. Oh, I don't really want to go, but you know, what will people think if I don't go? That's not pleasing to God. That's not worship. That's not something that he wants to, will accept. And so we have got to get way past this whole idea of whatever we give, giving it grudgingly, giving it in a manner that's not right. You can you can go to a church service grudgingly. People do it all the time. Yeah, I'm I, glad when this thing's I over. I've talked to men that only go to church because their wife goes and expects them to go with them. You probably have too. Yes, that's grudgingly. I'm writing another story. These two guys are golfing, and they come around on the ninth hole, and they hear church bells. And the one says, "You know, I guess we probably should have been at church instead of." Uh, golfing today. And the other one said, well, I couldn't have went to church today anyway. He says, how come? He says, because my wife is sick. See, it, <laughs> but he's he, not went, on the, on he the went to church with his wife because she expected, but when she was sick and couldn't go to church, well, then he didn't need to. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of people like that. And so when we go to worship God, however it is, it has to be done cheerfully. That, man, I can't wait. Remember back when I tell people all that. Remember back when you were a new Christian, how excited you were to go to church. You couldn't wait to go to church. You wanted to hear more. You wanted to worship more. You I'm still wanted, like that. You wanted to study more, <laughs> I'm still like and that. you wanted to read the Word. Man, I, there's something about a new believer. Man, they can't get enough of the Bible. They're all over the Bible. And then, unfortunately, sometimes, and not always, but sometimes. Oh, yeah, I've read the Bible before. Oh, yeah, I've read that verse. Oh, yeah, I've heard a sermon similar to that. People go to Christmas, and they've heard that the Christmas story over and over, and it loses its meaning. They, at Easter, they've heard the story of Jesus' birth, uh, his resurrection so often that it loses exactly what it means. And they're there in body, but their mind is off somewhere else, wandering. You can be singing, I love you, Lord, at the same time you're thinking, oh, man, I got to make a phone call tomorrow at work that I don't want to make. Your lips are moving, sounds coming out, but you're not ta- You're not thinking what you're saying. So we got to give God your whole heart. Amen. Give it all to him. Well, that's going to conclude this episode of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. So we just want to remind you as you go through your day, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.